Hi, thanks for tuning in to my very own podcast, Xiaxue No Filter, where I share with you my unfiltered opinion on what is going on with the world. Oh my god, I am mega triggered. You're offended your own Hi guys, welcome back. And I don't know if you guys saw, but last week we got number five on Spotify's podcast chart. So yay for us with the yay sound effect. <laughs> okay, so moving on, we are going to talk about um, this week's triggering news. So the first one is about Chris Pratt. And if you guys haven't heard, he is getting cancelled, right? There are several things that kind of happened to get Chris cancelled so let's go through them so the first thing that happened for chris was that he actually made a joke about the elections and he said with all that's going on in the world what's more important than ever is that you vote just ask any celebrity they will tell you every day several times a day to vote but me i will tell you exactly who to vote for onward <laughs> the movie that he was in uh, basically the pixar movie i think he voiced one of the characters and then he said the heroes before us did not spill their blood only to have their sacrifice wasted by your apathy. The upcoming 2020 People's Choice Awards is the most consequential vote in the history of mankind a million times infinity. Vote for Onward for Family Movie of the Year or else you will die. <laughs> Basically, he wrote that post and I think it was supposed to be a joke because as you guys know, the US elections is upcoming and Every day, everywhere, people are asking people to vote, right? And he's kind of mocking the tone of how they say it. And it is exactly how they say it. It is exactly what they say all the time. It's like, your voice is super important. You need to vote. And it's like, oh my God, shut up already. Like, why you keep telling people to vote? I mean, uh, my personal opinion is that actually less people should vote if you are not very informed. You shouldn't vote. Why, why is it so important that every single person should vote? And I think that it's like when people say tell people to vote, right? What they mean is vote for the party that I believe in, not actually just vote. Because why would you want stupid people making decisions for the rest of everyone? And a lot of people are stupid. Lah. So yeah, so I think that, you know, less people should vote. In fact, we should change the voting age to 30 and above. Yeah, <laughs> 25. Lah. Okay, 25. Definitely not 18 for sure. Okay, so anyway, I digress. But it was a cute little joke and people are saying that it came off as really insensitive and the Americans are really viewing the upcoming election as something that is life or death, literally, because they're supposed to vote Hitler out. Nah? Hitler is Trump. So, you know, it's like they didn't think that it was funny at all and they're saying that Chris is uh, Chris Pratt is you know this is definition of privilege making a joke of voting because it literally doesn't affect you in the slightest do you realize that this is people's lives and this is what how people would define minorities how they would be treated for the next and their rights for the next four years it's really ignorant blah 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 so yeah and there are some positive comments as well with people saying wow everyone has really lost their sense of humor and you know um, basically that people are way too sensitive over this thing. La. So that was one thing that happened to Chris Pratt. Another thing that happened was that, you know, the Avengers actually organized a fundraiser for Joe Biden and Chris Pratt was not there. So his, um, I guess people noticed that he was missing and someone asked the followers, uh, her followers to choose between the four Chris uh, of Hollywood, Chris Pratt, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Pine and Chris Evans and people voted Chris Pratt out. Uh -huh. One more thing that people are cancelling him about is because they found out that he is a staunch Christian and his church, Hillsong Church, is uh, supposedly really anti-LGBT 
And back in 2019, I think, Ellen Page actually retweeted an interview of Chris Pratt, which has nothing to do with this uh, church at all. Um, she just retweeted it and then she was just like, oh, okay, um, but his church is infamously anti-LGBT, so maybe address that too. Very sarcastically, lah, huh? And people have also speculated that Chris Pratt is supposed to be a Trump supporter um, because he also follows conservative accounts on his Instagram, such as Ben Shapiro and PragerU, although he has actually declined to share his political views, right? So... <laughs> Because of this, Chris Pratt is getting cancelled. So this whole thing seems just a little bit ridiculous to me. I, I, I really don't see why all these things should get him cancelled. And you know, there's nothing really wrong with having a different political view from the rest of Hollywood. I think it's really refreshing, in fact, that Chris Pratt is not overly political and that he doesn't impose his political views on people. That is like just so refreshing. I mean, I am so sick of this Hollywood, like rich people, right, rich celebrities, right? Just constantly lecturing us on like morals and you know who we should vote for and that if we don't vote against Trump that we are openly racist or like you know like bigots and stuff like that and it's just oh my god it's so sickening like everyone is just echoing the same stuff everyone has the same worldview and the worst thing is I feel like they're getting like very um one-sided in their in their views in the sense that they're very unaccepting of anyone who has a different viewpoint from theirs but you know what? I am proven wrong because some of the adventures actually came out in defense of Chris Pratt. And one of them is Robert Downey Jr., which is uh, who is Iron Man. Yeah. Okay. So he said, What a world. The sinless are casting stones at my brother Chris Pratt, a real Christian who lives by principle, has never demonstrated anything but positivity and gratitude. And he just married into a family that makes space for civil discourse and insists on service as the highest value. If you take issue with Chris, I've got a novel idea. Delete your social media accounts, sit with your own defects of character, work on them, then celebrate your humanness. And then he said, I got your back. Wow, I, I can't believe he actually came out in defense of Chris Pratt. I'm, I'm quite shocked actually. And then another one of the Avengers who defended Chris Pratt is Mark Ruffalo, aka Hawk. So he's like super, super, super liberal. Um, he's always talking about politics on his Instagram and his uh, Twitter account. So he tweeted, uh, you all, Chris Pratt is as solid a man is as solid a man there is. Hmm. English a bit wrong. Uh. Okay, I know him personally. And instead of casting aspirations... Aspirations? No. Aspirations, sorry. <laughs> My English. Look at how he lives his life. He is just not overtly political as a rule. This is a distraction. Let's keep our eyes on the prize, friends. We are so close now. Um, referring to the elections. Uh -huh. This is like quite shocking to me because it didn't seem like from the rest of the stuff that, you know, general Hollywood tweets, they are not too friendly to people who have opposing viewpoints to them. This is a really like pleasant surprise to me. Right? And I thought it was really nice of the Avengers to put themselves out there to defend Chris Pratt. And I think from this, we can also tell that Chris Pratt is just generally seems like a really nice person. My alarm, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. My alarm rang. Anyway, so back to the podcast. Um, yeah, so I just think that in general, it seems like he seems like a really, he must be a really nice guy that people really like him so much to come out in defense of, of him. La. Um, but also notice that some of the Avengers didn't say much. But, you know, it, it's nice to see people come together and be accepting of different, you know, political opinions. And, you know, in a world that's very, very divided nowadays, I think people have forgotten that you can disagree on issues and still be friends. 
sense, right? Another thing that, you know, I kind of want to talk about is that people are kind of talking about how the church is um, anti-LGBT and just saying it as a fact. And I was trying to kind of Google to see whether this is true or not. And, you know, the church actually have other members in it, including people like Justin Bieber, Kylie and Kendall Jenner, Selena Gomez. Actually seems very A-list at the church. You know what? I kind of want to attend the church even though I'm not religious. Um, Just because, you know, you can see all these celebrities rub shoulders with them. Um, And Chris Pratt also came out in defense of his church saying that they supported him after his divorce and he has seen them do the same for others regardless of their sexual orientation, gender or race. Um, and also I uh, managed to find another article that said that in 2011, Hillsong Church actually disavowed gay conversion therapy. So I suppose they're not doing that anymore. Um, however, I think the pastor who is owns the church or something, he did come out and say that they don't approve of an LGBT lifestyle la, and they are also pro-life, right? So I think that, you know, in current society, this is somehow considered being anti-LGBT. You know what? When I was younger, I was a very staunch atheist who would view this as something that's very terribly wrong and very terribly oppressive. But I feel like as I got older, somehow softened my stance on this kind of issue. Uh, you know, I am still very pro- gay people doing whatever they want, you know, but I think that the church should also be able to retain their right to their own religious viewpoints as long as they are not imposing it on people who are not in their church, right? So don't put your, um, don't try to influence like politics and, and laws and stuff like that. But, you know, if you want to believe whatever you want to believe, as long as you're not affecting people, I think that that is fine. I think if people expect that all religion come out as being pro-LGBT, you know, pro-abortion, stuff like that, it's mm, that's just not going to ever happen. Lah. So I think the best that you can do is to kind of say, well, mind your own business. Okay, since we're on the topic also of which is the best Hollywood Chris, um, you know, Chris Pratt, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Evans and Chris Pine. I must say it's a really tough choice because all the Chris's are very, very cute. In the past, I would go for Chris Hemsworth or Evans, I guess. Um, But I definitely have kicked Chris Evans out of my choice. So he's the one to go. My least favorite Chris is him even though I met him before and touched his bicep and it was very, very delicious. <laughs> oh my God, the bicep was so nice. It was like, oh, his skin is so velvety smooth and it was like rock hard underneath. So it was like soft and hard at the same time. It was like a piece of mochi. I loved it. But you know what? Chris Evans is fucking annoying on Twitter. He's constantly just talking about all his like ultra liberal like kind of viewpoints all the time and just imposing it on people and just being angry all the time. I'm just like, whoa. Will you shut up, man? <laughs> yeah, so he is out. I don't like him anymore. I, so I guess my top choice now is Hemsworth or Pratt. Um, Chris Hemsworth because he's very funny on top of being very cute. Um, yeah, and also he's very fertile. He has three children. Love it. <laughs> he looks like a good father. And then Chris Pratt. I, I like him because he's very, very funny. I love him in Parks and Recs. And even ultra-liberal kind of like Hollywood celebrities can vouch for his character. And despite his possibly differing political viewpoint, he must be a really good person. So yeah, so that's how I feel. Love to know what you guys think again. Leave me a comment.
All right, so we're moving on to our next topic, which is the Orchard Towers murder. Uh, if you guys didn't know, I'll kind of summarize the details here, but I'm not 100% sure if I got all of the details correct, you know, because it's an ongoing legal case after all, so do your own research. Back in July 2019, six men and one woman were charged with the Orchard Towers murder. Apparently, the deceased actually confronted a group of people and it soon broke out into a fight. Okay, so the deceased collapsed and was found with a slit on his throat, resulting in his death. And and what happened was, I think some guy, uh, one of the guys in the group um, actually had a knife on him and somehow everyone got drunk, there was a fight and he began to slash the deceased and the deceased ended up dead. Lah. So after the investigation, six of them had their charges reduced, leaving only one facing the capital charge. And out of the six, there was one guy who got off with a conditional warning and no criminal records if he remains crime-free for the next one year. And one of them had four weeks jail, one of them had eight months jail with six strokes of the cane, and one with five months imprisonment and the other two cases are still pending. So we're, we're going to talk about two things here. Okay, the first one is about the conditional warning that was given to Chan Jia Singh, who almost got away scot-free, uh, basically. And this actually raised a lot of unhappiness among Singaporeans. So, you know, a lot, a lot of people on Twitter and on Instagram are saying that he got off because of Chinese privilege and that people are getting hanged for drugs and they get away with murder. Wow, the justice system in Singapore is so superb. That's one of the comments that I read. And then it says like from murder charges to conditional warning. Wow, this is the way Chinese poor... <laughs> and then another person said if it were a brown person the media would expose the neighborhood where he grew up in must be ghetto area father or mother must be a drug addict or ex-convict and how poorly he did in school so basically a lot of people are saying that he got away with it because he is Chinese if you search Twitter right just search the word Chinese privilege you will realize that mostly it's Singaporeans talking about it it seems like in nowhere else in the world is there Chinese privilege okay so subsequently after everyone is talking about this Chinese privilege thing and it was allowed to kind of like run rampant, you know, everyone was unhappy. Uh, Attorney General's Chambers came out with a press release explaining why this guy got a conditional warning and also kind of clarifying that any allegation that the court imposes sentences on offenders on account of their race and imposes harsher sentences if they are member of a minority race is categorically false and baseless. And they kind of also explain that um, the guy, Chan Jia Singh, he was actually charged with consulting with a person carrying an offensive weapon in a public place but after considering the facts of the case and the extent of Chan's involvement including that he tried to stop the attack on the deceased and his cooperation with the police investigations you know they actually gave him only a 12 months conditional warning so the reason why he was charged with a conditional warning is not because of his race it's because he actually tried to stop the attack even though he was one of those people who were trying to uh, um, you know, assault the deceased. La. But, you know, assault doesn't mean that you want to kill somebody. And I, I think it's commendable that he actually tried to stop the murder from happening, you know. And um, I read somewhere, I am not sure, I couldn't find the article anymore, but you guys go do your own research. So basically, I read that there were only a few members of the seven that actually knew of um, the the guy who was being charged, the capital punishment, the actual murderer, the one holding the knife. La. So like, you know, people that only a few of them know that the guy has a knife. Most of them 
them don't know. And this guy who got uh, the conditional warning actually did not know of the existence of the knife. Uh, so the whole group went to attack this guy, which is wrong, of course. Um, but at the same time, I think like people just kind of like doing some light fighting, I guess that kind of happens all the time and you don't usually think that it will end up killing somebody, right? So he was participating in the attack, I think. Uh, but the moment that his friend uh, or one member of the group, I don't know, came out with a knife, he probably was just like, whoa, now, okay, this is like too much. Let's stop, guys. You know, and, and I think it's commendable that he's the only one in the group who kind of tried to stop um, the slashing from happening you know nobody else did so yeah I, I, I really feel very annoyed you know that this has become a discussion on Chinese privilege it seems to me like every time some some person like a Chinese person in Singapore just gets off with a lighter sentence this whole argument about Chinese privilege comes out again and it's like people don't consider all the other times where you know Chinese people do get heavy sentences as well and I believe that you know whenever the courts do their sentencing they have a, a good reason for why the sentencing turned out the way it did and just jumping into this baseless conclusion oh it must be because he's Chinese it just seems very very stupid lah and at the same time I think it's it's just really dangerous to keep harboring this kind of thoughts and I think that the people who you know are the thought leaders about this Chinese privilege thing it's just it's just so dangerous oh my god okay so another one of the accused Natalie Sell has also become the talk of the town and she's kind of like a micro influencer now with 12k followers and that is because she's very pretty and she was the only um one in the group who is a woman lah basically why is it got sound? Ah? Okay, let me just stop now. Silent mode, okay. So another one of the accused, Natalie Seau, has also become the talk of the town. And that's because like people, many people on forums and etc. all like discussing how she's very, very pretty. Just over 12k followers and she's a legit like micro-influencer now. Uh, and she's actually doing ads. Okay, so a little background about Natalie's involvement. She has actually gone to the club where she played a drinking game uh, with Han Seng Yang. Okay, so he's the only person who was charged with murder. Basically the slasher lah, huh? So... <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh about this because, you know, somebody died. But it's so childish because when he lost the drinking game, it is like... Natalie jokingly said that he wasn't a good drinker and then Tan responded by taking out his knife. I just... I thought that these Abik and aliens are like all but like dead in Singapore, you know? There are still Abik and aliens left. I mean, can you imagine somebody saying you're not a good drinker and then you just... Nah, see, my knife. <laughs> it's just like, huh? What is the relevance of that? Okay, and, and I, I think it's so off-putting that somebody would just just like take out a weapon and just like, you know, oh, I got a weapon or yeah, I'm so mad because of that I'm a good drinker, you know? It's just, uh -huh. Okay, anyway. So that shows that Natalie knew of the existence of the knife, which is important in uh, her sentencing. Okay, so as uh, they were leaving, they actually ran into another group which escalated to a fight. And this is when Tan actually took the knife out and swung it around. Okay, so a lot of people are talking about this because I've also seen other people discussing whether it's ethical for her uh, to kind of like leverage on her fame for uh, from this murder case, which is a heinous crime, um, to actually earn money and be an influencer, right? So, you know, her friends and uh, family are actually managing her social media account and businesses right now as she's in jail. And like, yeah, people are just talking about this line that how people shouldn't be following Natalie as well, you know know because she's being charged and you know making a criminal famous is kind of unethical and that brands just kind of shouldn't be advertising with her as well but you know i feel like this 
this thing, right? It's like, how to say, uh, it's since the beginning of time, we have had this kind of behavior happen where you see like people like serial killers, um, they get a lot of fan mail, people follow them. And that, that's because serial killers are kind of like a thing in the past, right? Where, you know, they didn't have social media yet. Uh, so if they do have social media now, I'm sure a lot of people will be following like people like Ted Bundy, you know, if he were to be able to kind of like post stuff uh, when he's in jail, just because people always have been like curious about like, I think violent criminals in general, especially since Natalie is very pretty. So we don't really know whether she is famous because she's pretty or famous because she was part of uh, some, a group which committed a murder, right? So just talking about this thing, whether it's ethical or not, it, it seems a bit futile to me. It seems like it's just, you know, these mass murderers, they also sell like best-selling books, right? Talking about their murders and stuff like that. And people buy it and, and, and they therefore get money out of it as well. And, you know, I think that with Natalie, um, you know, people are also discussing if she were to be a reformed criminal, then it's going to be fine if she uses her fame to kind of earn a living. After all, if you're her, wouldn't you leverage on whatever you have? Because after you come out from jail, really, what kind of jobs can you do? I mean, it's uh, going to be pretty tough for her, I think, life after after the jail sentence and, and it's I think it's going to be something that will follow her for life because she's kind of notorious for, for this thing right now and I feel like if I were her maybe I would do the same thing I don't know you know so a lot of people are talking about the ethics of this and I feel it's like it's a little bit grey lah. I can see how people feel that it's very distasteful that you are capitalizing on a murder uh, to gain fame for yourself and to earn money for yourself. But other people have also said that if she's kind of like reformed, like a reformed criminal, then she's fine to kind of do whatever she wants to earn a living, right? Um, but then the question is, how do you know whether she's reformed or not reformed? Maybe she's feeling very remorseful. After all, she is serving her jail sentence right now. So when do you, where do you kind of draw the line? La? And I feel like, however, I, I do think that it, it's kind of weird that businesses will still advertise with her. What are they thinking actually? <laughs> I wonder if it's really effective or not. However, I don't think she's getting a lot of like big brands or stuff like that. And at the same time, it's quite remarkable that she can actually still post up ads while she's in jail. Huh? It's like, how, did, how the fuck did she do it? Anyway, yeah, so I'd love to know what you guys think. As usual. Also, in the recent news, we have another incident of people saying that Singapore is racist. And politician Jose, Jose? I don't know how to pronounce her. J-O-S-E. Jose? I'll say Jose, uh, the American way. Jose Raymond. Um, I think he actually went to a toilet and then he saw an ad by Singapore Kindness Movement. And he said that there is like racial stereotyping and prejudice because the ad actually features a, a cartoon a man um, named Siva. Siva? Siva? Sorry, I don't really know how to pronounce. Like, yeah. So he's wearing gloves. He's pointing to a piece of paper on the floor. He's clearly a cleaner, lah, okay? So he's <laughs> with a quote that says in Singlish... Is it people think the floor is rubbish bin? Question mark. And yeah, so basically having a call to action for the public to throw their litter into the bin. And this is a Singapore kindness movement poster. I suppose it's in some toilet somewhere, right? So he actually took issue with this and he wrote on Instagram with the photo that he saw, what is with the racial stereotyping and prejudice with this poster? Shocking! Why use a particular race and depict him as a toilet cleaner and assign him a name at that sickening why is 
why is it the race why is it the race profile in the poster is also showing poor language skills baffling wrong on so many levels again <laughs> Okay, so what happened subsequently was that Singapore Kindness Movement explained that the poster is actually uh, only one part of a series of the Clean Toilet Project posters and um, they showed the rest of the posters. Uh. So basically, you can see that the posters have uh, three different races. There is a Chinese cleaner, a Malay cleaner and an Indian cleaner as well, all of them drawn in like cute little cartoons. Yeah, so... <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it's very, very funny because you try to like stir this like racial shit, right? And then it's like, you, it's you proven that it's wrong. Lah, huh? Singapore Kindness Movement actually responded to this and they said that the critics of its posters may have taken our posters out of context to deliberately propagate misunderstanding and negative feelings in our society. These malicious acts can erode the precious harmony that we have built over the years. Civic-minded Singaporeans who truly want a stronger, kinder and more inclusive society would encourage healthy civil discourse among us and would not sow such discord in this manner. So <laughs> it's very funny because after uh, Singapore Kindness Movement's response, you would think that Mr. Raymond would kind of be kind of like embarrassed, right? Because you're saying that, you know, they're targeting only a certain race and then it's proven to not be true. And then he still actually doubled down, you know, and it's very funny like, until he says that Singapore Kindness Movement needs to ask themselves these questions. Were the posters put up at the same location so members of the public viewed them all at one go and ask whether they engage in uh, focus groups and did they embark on a public announcement? How is this all relevant, okay? And then he asked, how did Singapore Kindness Movement choose the name Florence, Rosna and Siva as names for its cleaners? Did it have data to show that these were people of names of people who were actually cleaners? Oh my god, this is so funny! And then he said, what are the hallmarks of Florence's character which depict that she's Chinese? Okay, I'm looking at the photo, okay? Yeah, she clearly looks like a Chinese auntie lah, huh? Um... And uh, they're saying that, you know, they, he rejects their claim that raising this issue is a malicious act aimed to propagate negative feelings in society, right? So I think it's just so funny how he's like asking all these questions and just kind of trying to say that he's still correct when he's very clearly just proven wrong. <laughs> you know, like what has the names got to do with it? So next time when we are showing a cartoon character with a, a name, are we supposed to all prove that they are actually, you know, like a real person, like name after a real person. Like, can somebody tell me this Singapore kindness movement, right? The, the, is it a lion? A lion? It's a lion. Ah. Is it really a lion? Huh? How can you not name it after a real lion? And then like, who else? Pikachu? Is it after a real, is it after a real mouse? How dare you? Sailor Moon? Is it a real person? Is this a real character really called Sailor Moon? Hmm. Anyway, okay, so another activist kind of got into the frame, Miss Elena Lee, and she actually criticized Singapore Kindness Movement for adopting such a defensive position and using such accusatory language in its response to controversy. And she said that the same message can be delivered without inserting caricatures. I'm sorry, I keep laughing because things that they say are so like typical, okay, so tiring. Any kind of caricature based on stereotypes, it should be avoided, period, she said. So I think it's so funny that kind of like after being shown that this has nothing to do with race because all the races are included in here with the exception of Angmo, ah, why you never depict Angmo? Anyway, 
they are still like these activists are still like clinging on to their narrative for dear life by saying that we should have used names of like real cleaners or that it should be only voiceovers or animations that don't kind of depict any race whatsoever you know I guess next time we should use blue people like avatar or you know like I don't know aliens aliens can be cleaning our toilets yeah so and they also have said that you know people should have conducted this like focus groups or study groups like, before they do their ads uh. Kanina you pay for it uh. everything also want this and that extra cost okay anyway I just think it's it's so fucking ridiculous and you know what else is kind of like really kind of triggering me is that the pompous like elitist kind of attitude that these activists have you know saying that a cleaner is somehow to be ashamed of like to say that a certain race is a cleaner is uh, somehow detrimental to that race i mean so what you're saying you're looking down on cleaners aren't you cleaners come from every race i mean looking at any public toilet that you go to you can see that the cleaners are of a very diverse race i've seen cleaners of every race there's no one particular race that is a stereotype in this so i don't think it's perpetrating any stereotypes at all and secondly it's just i think being a cleaner is a perfectly respectable job right a lot more in fact i respect cleaners a lot more than i respect this raymond person who is just like a race beta right and i think it's just so disgusting that he's acting this way and on top of that he's saying that you know like why is it that this uh indian caricature is speaking in a way that is like broken english right basically what he's saying is that it's just colloquial it's like it's funny it's supposed to be singlish it's supposed to be endearing so what you're saying is that people who actually talk like that are not intellectual to you they're stupid they're deemed as like lower members of society is that what you're trying to say that it's it's kind of insulting that people would talk like that. I mean, there are real people who talk like that. So you're telling me that you look down on these people who only speak Singlish? I mean, like, that just goes to show you how fucking, like, pompous he is, you know? It, it, he is the one who is looking down on people, not the ad. And the ad, ironically, just, like, it, it's tried very hard to be racially diverse. And he's the one who sees race in everything. So we need to ask ourselves this question, okay? Who is the real racist here? Alright, so in recent local news, we have DBS hiring women to take up over 50 vacancies in tech positions. And they said we have an opportunity to lead by example and demonstrate what companies can do to nurture a more gender-balanced technology workforce. So after hearing this, I'm just like, oh, not again. It's such a tired narrative, you know? Like companies are all just trying their best to like show how virtuous they are, you know, with their gender balance and stuff like that. And I just feel like you shouldn't be hiring people based on their gender, sexual orientation, or just all these other identity politics thing, right? You should be hiring people based on their capabilities. And like, why is it that I I feel like in Singapore, there is very, very little like women oppression going on. And just ridiculous that based on, based on what, based on what studies that women are more oppressed, you kind of need to hire more women to kind of make up this, you know, equality thing. And I feel personally that in a tech job, you know, men are just generally more interested in tech stuff and women are just less interested in it why do you have to 
force like a square peg into a round hole, you know, and say, we must have equality, you know, otherwise we are not a good company. And it's just ridiculous to me. And why is it that nobody is standing up for male rights in more female dominated industries, such as like the beauty industry, for example, are largely headed by females or childcare? industry for example just men are just not interested in such roles like in general right in general of course there are men who are interested in it there are women who are interested in tech jobs and are great at it but it's it's just like why is it that just because some something has unequal results it means that it must be because of some kind of oppression or you know gender inequality i mean where's the logic in this Another issue that I have with this is that if you're going to be hiring people based on their identity, then where does it stop? I mean, are you going to hire more gays? Are you going to hire more physically handicapped people? Are you going to hire more mentally handicapped people, more trans people, more midgets, more people with lists, more obese people, more deaf people, more blind people, more people with terminal illness, people with dandruff, you know, it just never really ends. Like, when is it ever going to be enough? <laughs> you get what I mean? Are you going to hire people with active COVID? Hmm? <laughs> So, you know, I think people who are hired for their minority status, one more thing that's kind of really important is that they will never know if they've actually succeeded on their own merit or not. And I feel like their colleagues, right, their male colleagues, right, these women in these tech jobs that they're doing, their male colleagues also would not respect them because, you know, it's like, can you imagine just one of the male colleagues is going to be like, oh, I got hired because I, I went to MIT or like whatever. And then the woman is just like, oh, I got hired because I'm one of the females. (laughs) who applied for this job you know it's just and then it's like it's very difficult for somebody who's in that company to kind of gain your colleagues respect and as such you know it's just it's just tougher for them yeah and I feel like people just generally feel a lot better if they're hired based on their own merit and not because they they are some token minority in some aspect right so I said in a YouTube video before that I am not a feminist because I believe that you know men and women are different and therefore they would have advantages in different areas and you know for feminism to be only fighting for the rights of females in those areas where they are kind of lacking behind uh, or deemed to be lacking behind men but not fighting for the other areas where men are, you know, kind of more disadvantaged um, to make an equal society, then I feel like that is just really unfair. Like, for example, men take up 75% of suicide rates or some really high number, go search it for yourself. And it's just one of those things that people don't talk about because people always view, you know, patriarchy, you know, as something that's very evil, Um, you know, and then where's the outrage for other male-dominated industries such as garbage collectors, for example, they're largely men. How come you're not fighting for women to be garbage collectors, right? Or other dangerous jobs, which like men like die in, such as being a soldier, you know, or like, I don't know, deep sea lobster fishing, for example, I'm sure a lot of them die in those jobs. Like, why is it that nobody's fighting for women to do these kind of jobs? Why? Because it's not desirable. And therefore, if it's bad, then the men should do it. If it's good and cushy, like a tech job in DBS, then the women should do it I mean it's just it's just kind of unfair huh? however if you are a man feeling really angry about this because maybe you are recently jobless from COVID or maybe you are just really good at tech stuff and you're like Tamada you know this job should belong to me because I am well qualified for it you know what I've got good news for you in current society anyone can identify to be a woman anyway so all you have to do is kind of apply for the job and tell them that you're a woman you know, I mean you have to deal with people calling you miss for you know the entire <laughs> your entire career But you know what? I think, yeah, this is a good idea for you. So I'd love to know what you guys think. Think that it's a good movement, not a good movement. Let me know.
All right, in more local news, we're going to talk about our favourite free speech boy, Amos E. <laughs> kind of have forgotten about this person because like, Amos E has been living in the States for a little while now. Um, but just to give you guys a, a background about Amos E, if you guys didn't know. So back in 2015, uh, shortly after former PM Lee Kuan Yew's death, Amos was then 16 years old and he posted a YouTube video criticising Mr. Lee as well as making disrespectful remarks about different religions like Christianity and Islam. And then he was found guilty by the court and charged with four weeks of jail time in the same year. And he actually fled to the USA to seek political asylum before he was called for national service. So just to clarify, he actually wasn't charged for making remarks about Mr. Lee Kuan Yew. He was actually charged for the religious stuff that he was talking about, right? And um, a lot of people were actually in support of him as well, especially Americans, because they view, um, you know, being able to criticize religion as part of free speech. So in between 2015 and now, we have also occasionally heard about Amos E because, you know what, it's super not surprising that he's actually caught with child porn because he actually went on like various social media channels, um, including YouTube, to advocate for pedophilia. Um, yeah, so he in an American talk show, he actually talked about, you know, somebody asked him, you believe that older men and women should be able to have sex with young children? And he said, yeah, sexual acts, but not like sexual penetration with really young children because when you penetrate something in them, you will probably hurt them. So maybe wait till the age like 12, then penetrate. But in terms of sexual acts, you know, older people making out with young children, I think that that's fine. And the interviewer said, and how young? And he said, I mean, as young as they can. I mean, we can hug a baby, making out with them should be fine. <laughs> oh my God. This is just insanity. Sorry. Okay, so the interviewer somehow did not start vomiting but continued asking him, why do you think it's okay to do it? Amos actually replied, because I think it's completely harmless. There's nothing wrong with a sexual act with a child that doesn't actually benefit both parties. And then he said that there's definitely scientific evidence that shows that sexual acts with people is good. So it is an ideal. It's not just acceptable. Huh? It's an ideal. Huh? It's an ideal to introduce sexual acts to people as young as possible. And you know what? I actually saw one of these videos before it was taken down by YouTube and I was watching it just like incredulous that he's saying all these things, right? Like I just could not believe... Stop it! Who's that? Sorry, the doorbell. As I was saying, it's so incredulous how he can say all these things and somehow feel that it is a normal opinion to have. And in the video, like I, I kept thinking maybe he's trolling people, right? Because sometimes he trolls people. So I think that maybe it's it's not real. Uh, but in the video, he actually said that like, is this a video of him recording himself in some room, uh, probably in USA, right? So he was saying that, oh yeah, children can give consent because when you touch a baby sexually, like they can chuckle and that shows consent. And I'm just like, what? 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 Like, I cannot. It's just so crazy. Oh my God. And then in the video, he actually also specified that he he himself is not into pedophilia, right? Um, but he thinks that people should be allowed to do sexual acts to children and not be kind of like prosecuted for it. And subsequently, after his... Um, pro-pedophilia stance, a lot of those like uh, free speech people who were, you know, fighting for his rights and just kind of like, were like, whoa now, <laughs> okay, looks like we were defending a monster and they kind of like distanced themselves from him. And um, yeah, so fast forward to today, he is being found with child porn, which is super not surprising 
to no one, right? <laughs> yeah. So if Amos were to be found guilty of the possession of child pornography, it could lead to a jail time of no less than 25 years uh, or more than 50 years in the United States. So unfortunately, he is likely to lose his political asylum and will face deportation back to Singapore. So, whoa, that's just like bad news for Singaporeans. We do not claim him. USA, you can keep him, okay? And also in related Amos E news, I don't know if you guys saw this, but somebody forwarded a photo of him nude to me. And I was just like, ah, my eyes. (laughs) It's so awful. So, uh, oh my God. Anyway, um, I can just kind of describe the photo to you. It's just him standing in front of a fridge. Okay, it looks like a very lock-cock kind of house, very dirty. The the dustbin had like a piece of tissue on the floor. And he's just standing there, kind of looking like, you know, the jungle boy with like long unkempt hair. And I don't know why, he's just completely nude, just standing there holding out a thumbs up sign, smiling. It was, it's super not sexual at all. He's just holding a thumbs up sign. And you can see his dick in like full glory with his bush and everything. And he just, it's so uncomfortable looking at it because he really just looks like a prepubescent boy in that. Um, and, and like, yeah, the dick is very small. Lah. So I'm just like, oh my God, this is horrifying. I can't believe that somebody sent that photo to me and I don't know how the photo got taken. Like, did he take that photo himself with a self-timer or somebody took that photo for him? It's not sexually suggestive in any way but it was just yeah so just so you know a nude photo of Amos E exists anyway and you know what else for our next podcast we are going to be having a guest for the first time ever on our podcast and she's none other than Melissa Chen she's the activist who campaigned for Amos E to secure asylum in the United States and she's also one of the people who's involved in his arrest right supposedly I think she notified the police of his crimes or something like that anyway I can't wait to speak to her about this yep so with this we'll end today's podcast thank you very much for tuning in and I'll see you guys for the next episode don't forget to follow bye oh my god I am mega triggered you're